offers a great salvation. Hallelujah. Judges chapter 13. Man, it's good to be in the house of the Lord today. I came to meet with him, and I'm glad he obliged and showed up. Amen? I want to, uh, I want to focus primarily today. It is baby dedication day. It is baby dedication day. Uh, but I don't know if you understand this or not or realize this or not, but baby dedication is really not for the baby. Ultimately, it is. But baby dedication is all about the parents. And I'm, 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 I'm not going to shoot a rifle this morning. I'm going to shoot a shotgun. And, and so I'm gonna, some call it a scattergun. And so I want to hit everybody. Whether, whether you're a parent or not, these principles apply to us all. And, uh, and I, I believe we're going to get some help today. Wednesday night, Wednesday night, we covered a topic on revival because we are prepping for revival. And uh, we dealt with Samson and how God, he revived Samson. And how many of y'all have ever been uh, emotionally and spiritually tired? Just felt wore out with it. You really need to go to the website and watch that service. Because it was all about how God can revive you when you feel like you're dead. It will help and be a blessing. Today, we're going to talk about Samson's parents and his calling in his life and the responsibilities that they had as Samson's parents to raise up a hero, a hero. Uh, there, are, there are different halls of fame. There's football hall of fame. There is baseball hall of fame. Uh, there is uh, golf hall of fame. Uh, they say they're going to put a bass fishing hall of fame right here in Coleman. Rock owns, amen, right there. Uh, but it, I looked up the word fame, and the word fame means this. It means public recognition or public notoriety. Basically this, being remembered, being remembered. And this is kind of the way it works. A, a young man will pick up a ball, and he will start to have fun with that ball. And he has so much fun with that ball, he starts getting good at using that ball, and, and somebody decides to pay him money to have fun, right? But it starts with fun. Then it, then it goes to the funds. He plays with the ball because it's fun. Now he's doing it for the funds. He's getting paid for it. But, you know, eventually it will not be about the money because he will have made so much money that, 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 that he doesn't need the money anymore, and now it's about the fame. There comes a time that he's not trying to throw a touchdown so that he can make more money. It's so that he can get into the hall of fame. You know why? He wants to be remembered. He wants to be remembered by his peers. He wants to be remembered by the people in the future. He wants to be in the hall of fame. But do you realize there's another hall in the Bible that we will talk about at the end of this message? And I want you to really think about this. And the title of the, the, the message today is this, Training for the Hall. Which hall are you training your children for? Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now look in, in, in Judges chapter number 13, verse number 1. It says, And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines. That was their, their enemy at that day, the, the children of Israel, the children of God, their enemy. And there was a certain man of Zorah of the family of the Danites whose name was Manoah. And his wife was barren and bare not. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman and said unto her, Behold now, thou art barren and bearest not, but thou shalt conceive and bear a son. Now, excuse me, therefore beware, be careful. He goes to give her instructions. 
I pray thee, and drink not wine nor strong drink, and eat not any unclean thing. For lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come on his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite. Now a Nazarite was somebody who was committed, dedicated, separated solely for the work of the Lord. He could, there was restrictions in his life. He could not mess with anything of the vine, grapes, wine, uh, anything, a uh, 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 strong drink of that nature. He could not touch a dead body. He could not defile himself by touching a dead body, and he could not cut his hair. That was the stipulations of his commitment to God, and they knew him as a Nazarite. And God said, this young man, this son that's going to be born of you, he's going to be committed to God. He's going to be a Nazarite unto the Lord. And it says, from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistine. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for this message. Thank you for an opportunity to share with uh, your people what you have shared with me. Now, please let me do it justice, Lord. I pray that you'll help me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Give me an unction from glory right now. Lord, I need your anointing this morning. And God will thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Parenting can be fun. Parenting can also be frustrating. Am, am, am I preaching now? Some of y'all ain't shouted in a month, just shouted right there. Parenting is, is something else. And there were several things in this particular chapter that I saw that I want to share with you today. And, and this is more, this is really going to be a more teaching than a preaching one because when I get to preaching I get carried away and I, I miss the time and I don't want to do that I want to get all the information to you uh three three basically three things I want to share with you out of this chapter first I want you to see the child then we're going to look at the challenge and then we're going to look at the conclusion but first the child the child in this story Samson we know as this child but what I want you to see about this child first is his origin. If you're taking notes and writing these things out, write this out. His origin. Where did this child come from? We know that the angel of the Lord came to this couple. They were barren. They had no children. And he said, God is going to give you a son. So we know the child came from God. Say that with me. The child came from God. Now, why is that important for us to know? According to Psalms 127, the Bible said that the children are a heritage of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is his reward. We all need to know that our children come from God. They come from God. What does that mean? That means you are there to train them, to teach them, to love them, to lead them to the one who gave them to you. They don't belong to you. Got quiet then, didn't it? This is my son. This is my daughter. No, no, they don't belong to you. They belong to God. How do you know that? Because one day there's going to come a time that you have to. And then you'll know whether they belong to you or not. They don't. They come from God. God gave them to you. He loaned them to you. He gave them to you with a responsibility for you to teach them who their creator is. 
The greatest responsibility of man is this, to love the Lord their God with all their heart, all their soul, and all their mind. They came from God. Why is that so important to know? Because of B. A is the origin of this child. B is the objective of this child. Watch what, watch what he says. Watch what the angel of the Lord, the messenger from God, says to this mother. Look, Samson, Samson is going to begin, verse 5, begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. He has a job to do. He has a job to do. Now, why is it so important for us as parents to know that first our children came from God and that they have a job? God has a purpose for their life because God's purpose for their life and your purpose for their life may be different. You may want them to be a mechanic and God may want them to be a missionary. You may want them to be a politician. God may want them to be a preacher. I've got a list for my children. I've got four girls. I want them to marry somebody that's saved, somebody that's rich, somebody that's... Hey, you have not because you ask not. Amen? At least have a job. Amen? I want them to pull their britches up, own a belt. Amen? Right there. Hey, you got to have some restrictions. Amen? I've got things I want for my kids. I've got desires and plans for my children, but, but what if they cross with God's plan and God's desire? We all want the best for them, don't we? But we need to understand this. The greatest thing that could ever happen in a parent's life is for them to realize God has a purpose for their children. God has a purpose. And that God's purpose and plan for their child is better than ours. The plan that we come up with may make us happy, but it won't make them happy. And if there's one thing we should desire for our children, is it for them to be happy. And there's so many parents that's, that's all screwed up because they wanted something for their child that God didn't want for them and the child didn't want for them and they're mad at the child because they didn't go their way. Preach it, Bishop, preach it right there. Family squabbles. What if we just prayed, God, thy will be done. We see the objective of this child. We see the origin of this child. Then number two. We not only see the child, but number two, I want you to see the challenge. The challenge. Now, she, she, she gets word and she gets the news that she's going to have a baby. Now, the first thing, it's amazing, that the first thing he tells her is the word beware. Be careful. Now, before this baby gets here, there's some things you need to know. Now, watch what he does. He begins to speak to the, mo the mother of this child and says, I don't want you to mess with the vine. I don't want you to mess with the vineyard. I don't want you to mess with anything undefiled. What is he doing to her? He's given her the responsibilities of a Nazarite. Now watch, this is really important that we get this. It was God's desire for Samson to be a Nazarite, to be separated, to be consecrated unto him. And there was responsibilities that he had to fulfill. There was some, some uh, 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 limitations that he had. There was some responsibility. He couldn't do this. He couldn't do that. He couldn't do this. And watch this. Everything 
that God wanted out of Samson, God wanted out of Mama. In other words, this is, let, me, let me word it this way so we can all get this. Whatever that <laughs> Samson was supposed to be in front of God, mom and daddy was supposed to be in front of Samson. Now, what is the challenge of parenting? It's, it's this, the example that's portrayed. The example this betrayed. Now it's going to get a little tight in these next few points, so might as well just put, put on the seatbelt because there's turbulence ahead. And 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 and, and the comments. Let, let's try to keep them to a minimum so we don't make each other feel guilty as more than we already feel. Uh, this week, when I began to study this, uh, God kind of slapped me around a little bit. My 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 daughters my daughters. Uh, had been a little disrespectful lately to their mother. A uh, little smart mouth action, you know. I know y'all know nothing about that, but uh, they 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 were being a little disrespectful, and, and that don't fly. I just I don't like that. I, I wasn't allowed to do that, and if I couldn't do it, they're not going to do it. Amen. It just it, it you know here we go. We couldn't, and so you know you do the, the daddy thing. Bless God, they're not going to be disrespectful to their mother. And I get on to them, and I'm you know I'm dealing with them. And, and they leave the room, and God sits down beside me and, and, and does one of these numbers. <coughs> God ever done that to you? I said, what is it? He said, all they're doing is what they've seen you do. You see, you see, because... My, my girls, they had a tendency when they got frustrated with something to mouth off a little bit and get smart out of their frustration. You know what God showed me? A lot of times in our marriage, when I got frustrated, my mouth got to running. And I disrespected their mother in front of them when I got frustrated and I smarted off because I was a husband it was legal. You say it's not legal. I know it, but why do we do it if it's not legal? And I and God said, you did it. All they're doing is what they saw you do. I piled them all up in the living room. I said, I'm sorry. God showed me this week that you're just doing what I did in front of you. And I was, I've been disrespectful to your mother and speaking in, in a tone to her that I shouldn't have spoke because I was frustrated. And because of that, I'm sorry. I, I gave you a poor example. I didn't live in front of you the way I should live. And I need you to forgive me. And I need their mother, your mother to forgive me. And we made that right. And I said, we're not going to do this no more. We're going we're to try. We're going to. Are you all with me? Now, we're, we're going to still have issues and problems because it's going to take a little time. You don't, you don't do years and years of stupidity and get over it in one meeting. But we know what's happening now. What's the point? Ladies and gentlemen. You are to be an example in front of your children. Whatever you want them to be, you be it. It, it blows my mind, the people that cuss a blue streak and then will whip their child if they say a bad word. Smoke like a freight train in front of them and you'd beat their tar out of them if you found a cigarette in their pocket. That's, a, that's hypocrisy. Well, they ain't supposed to do as I do. They're supposed to do as I say. How's that working for you?
the angel of the Lord said, ma'am, God's got a great plan for this young man's life. But this is what I need you to be in front of him. The greatest challenge in a parent's life is not what college you can send your kid to. The greatest challenge in a parent's life is the example that you show in front of them. Amen. Then B, since we enjoyed that point so well. We not only see the, the example portrayed, but I want you to see the expected partnership. The expected partnership. What does that mean? The Bible, let me, let me, let me, before I get ahead of myself, let me give you some examples of what I'm talking about with examples. There were two different men that lived around the same time, Max Jukes and, and Jonathan Edwards. Max Jukes, uh, he, he was an ungodly man who married an ungodly wife. They did, not, they did not go to church. They did not care anything about spiritual matters. And their, their descendants were studied. And they had 280 pauperized adults, 140 criminals, seven murderers, a large percentage of the females and his descendants were prostitutes, 60 became thieves. Of the 20 who learned a trade, 10 learned it in a state prison, 300 of whom died early in life. 67 of, of the, the descendants were reported to have syphilis, and his descendants cost the state a million three hundred and eight thousand dollars That's back in the day. Jonathan Edwards was a man of God who, who preached and, and, and loved God and married a, another woman that loved God. And this is his descendants were described, practically no lawbreakers, more than 100 lawyers, 30 judges, 13 college presidents, and 100 or more professors, 60 physicians, 100 clergymen, missionaries, and theological professors, 80 elected to public office, including three mayors, three governors, several members of Congress, three senators, and one vice president. 60 have obtained prominence in authorship and editorial life with 135 books of merit and 75 Army or Navy officers. Preacher, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say your, your example that you live is more powerful than the words that you say. Church, say amen. B, the partnership that's expected. Look what happens. God is speaking to the, the mother. The mother comes, the, 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 the young lady comes and tells Manoah, her husband, everything that happened. Now watch what Manoah prays in verse number 8. Then Manoah entreated the Lord and said, O oh my Lord, let the man of God which thou didst send come again unto, unto and teach what we shall do unto the child that shall be born. Send him to us, teach us what we shall do. You know what he understood and realized? Mama can't do it by herself. That this is a partnership. Y'all with me? It can't be mama bringing the kids to Bible study or Bible uh, Sunday school. It's we do it. We are together in the discipline. We are together in the direction. We are together in the development of this child. We are partners. We were partners to get them. We need to be partners to raise them. It's not a one deal or the other. 
You need to be together. Well, we can't agree on something. We fight. Look, look, there's nothing wrong with disagreeing. Get in your car, go 10 yards, 10 miles down the road, pull off in the woods and argue, 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 argue. Holler all you want to holler, gripe, fight, whatever you want to do, come together and go back home and deal with the situation. But don't disagree in front of the children. Because the children will see whoever's most on their side, and they will play you like a fiddle. When that child is before you, they need to know that mama and daddy are in agreement about everything. Are y'all with me? Your partners. I'm telling you, the child does not need to be in, in disillusioned at what kind of raising she has. They're not going to know who to believe. Partner together listen i know i know disagreements come i understand that there's no doubt about it but do whatever you can in front of them so they see mama and daddy together now here's the deal here's the deal i know we're not living in a perfect society i know in a lot of families even probably families in this in this auditorium right now as i speak in a perfect society, nobody gets divorced. In a perfect society, nobody dislikes each other. In a perfect society, everybody's hunky-dory. It's Mayberry every day. But we ain't in Mayberry, and this ain't a perfect society. Are y'all with me? But do you realize, even though if a parent lives here and another parent lives there, you need to get along for the sake of that child? It don't matter if you're living in the same house. You need to be partners. I know she's an idiot. I know he's a moron. It doesn't matter. You need to put that aside and do it for the child. I said it. Yeah, I said it. I'll sign the CD. I said it. Listen, a lot of times we let pride get in the way. We let immaturity get in the way. And we let anger get in the way. And we're so angry at our ex, we take it out on our child and don't even realize it. And sometimes we use our child to take it out on our ex. And that is so ungodly, I can't even tell you. Well, you don't even know, understand. I understand. This is what I understand. Me and my sister, when we was growing up, we didn't get along. We'd argue, with, you know, your typical, your typical deal. But see, she was, she was spoiled. She was... She was daddy's little girl. You know, me and my brother, we was abused as children growing up. It was, it was awful. And, 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 you know, we would go after it and, 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 and just, just couldn't get along for nothing till I wanted something. And, 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 and it come a time when there might have been something I wanted, but in order to get what I wanted, I had to get along with the one I didn't get along with. But I realized if I wanted it bad enough, hello, darling sister. <laughs> What's the point? The point is this. If you want something bad enough, you'll do whatever it takes to make that happen. And you need to, you need to think about your child in such a way that you want their life to be so much better and you can suck it up and make it happen. I know there's, there's all kind of different cases. And I know yours is the exception to the rule. That's what they all say. But most of the time it's immaturity. Most of the time it's pride. Most of the time it's an unwillingness. Because the anger is so great to the ex. You're not will You know what will fix all that? Let's forgive them. 
Let's get rid of the bitterness and forgive them and, and understand, regardless of the fact they're in my life for the rest of my life, let's do it for the kids. We need to be together. This is a partnership. Say that with me. This is a partnership. Regardless, till Jesus comes, I have a responsibility. If it is a major, 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 horrible, horrible, horrible case, then let's do, let's pray and fast. Let's quit whining and complaining to all our neighbors and all our family how sorry the other person is, and let's start praying for them. And say, God, either change them or change me. But whatever you got to do, help us to make this work so what's best for Johnny, we can make it happen. This is a partnership. Church, say amen. We can do it. But we got to want to. We got to want to. Listen, there's a partnership. There's an example that we have to be. Then lastly, I want you to see this. This is really good, guys. This is really good. Number three, not only do we see the child, we see the, the challenge. But and I, and I use that word on purpose because it is a challenge. How many of y'all know it's a challenge to get along with people you like? Much less people you don't like. I had, I had a boss one time. I had a boss one time told me something. When stuff got hard, he was teaching me how to do trim work. And I'd come and I'd be so mad because it'd be, uh, you know, I'd turn it upside down and hang and hold up one leg to cut it right. You know, I mean, it was, if you've ever done trim, you know what I'm talking about. I'd be aggravated and come to him. And he said, son, if it was easy, they wouldn't need us. If parenting was easy, your children wouldn't need you. It is a challenge. It is hard. It is going to take prayer. It may even take fasting. But aren't they worth it? Amen? Watch the conclusion. Something that I saw in this deal. Something I saw in this deal. There, first, there was a grand accomplishment. When, when, when Samson got grown, he went into the world and came. he, he, he accomplished his, his job of coming against the enemy, and he accomplished some great things. And honest, honestly, I wanted, to, I wanted to list these things. I wanted to tell you about how he, he killed those 30 men uh, single-handedly. He, he rose up against a lion and ripped the lion's head off like it was nothing. He, 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 he took a jawbone of a donkey and killed a 1,000 soldiers with, with no sweat whatsoever. I mean, just, just an unbelievable thing. Took a gate, a city gate, and the bars and the, and, and the poles that held the gate up, put it on his shoulder, and run up a hill with it. Wow. And I wanted to, I wanted to list those things. And God kind of said, son, oh, that's great. But the greatest accomplishment was the fact that I used him. The greatest accomplishment was the fact that he was used by God. And boy, I began to think in my life how many things that I want my children to do or I saw my children were excited me when they accomplished something. And the greatest thing we could ever have in our life is that God used them. We all, we all like to see our kids do great things, don't we? Come on, y'all. Get with me now. Don't we? We like to see them hit the home run. We like to see them score the touchdown. My, my, my kids were smaller and, and playing ball, playing. It was when Jordan was playing softball, and, and she was on the team. And, and you know, and, and the coaches were kind of getting carried away, and it was, you know, they made a bad call, and they just going at you. I said, look, 
it's a game. You know, I got real spiritual. It's a game. Y'all are getting carried away. It's just a game, people. So I felt good about myself. Coach went in the dugout. Coach is. That was the third inning. About the fourth or fifth inning, Jordan comes up to bat. And I'm on the third bleacher right behind the, the backstop, the gate there. And, 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 and I'm sitting there, and Jordan hits it over the left fielder's head. To this day, I don't even know how I did it. But I leaped from that bleacher, never touched the ground, and spider man on the backside of that gate, all fours. I'm talking about this high off the ground. I'm there, the preacher hanging on the gate doing, run, run, Jordan, run. The coach, God is my witness. The coach comes out. It's just a game, preacher. Calm down. <laughs> now, can any parents in here relate to the Rev on that situation? Isn't it great when you see your kid do something, and whatever that might be? I mean, we, we get so excited. We want to tell everybody. I told everybody in the world her that hit and everything she'd done. And, and anything that the rest of them do, you know, but are we going to be able to stand one day and see them stand before God and God say, well done? Are we going to be able to see them be used by God? Watch this. Because of the way we train them. You see, in, in, in the end of the Bible, I told you there was a hall of fame. There was a hall that is created for every sport, everything you can imagine, so they can be remembered by man. So they could have fame and notoriety by man, the hall of fame. But in Hebrews chapter number 11, God has a hall of faith. Not a hall of fame, but a hall of faith. And a list of people that he records who had great faith and did great things. Y'all ain't going to believe who was inducted into the hall of faith. Hebrews chapter number 11, verse 32. And what shall I more say? From the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and of Samson, of Samson and of Jephthah, of David also and of Samuel and the prophets, who through the faith subdued kingdoms and wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Preacher, what are you saying? Samson made it to the hall of faith. God is saying, well done. Well done. Ladies and gentlemen, i got a serious, serious question to ask you. Which hall are you training your children for? You, you see, here's what's happening in, in America today. We're teaching them how to throw a spiral and not teaching them John 3.16. We're teaching them how to be remembered by man, but not how to be remembered by God. Which hall are you training them for? Now, I don't have no problem with teaching them how to throw a spiral. If first we teach them 
Jesus loves me. This I know. For my Bible tells me so. I don't care if you teach them how to catch a bass that big. If first they know that God loves every fiber of their being. And he has a great plan for their life. And all God's people said. Put it, put it away and look at me just one second. I, I got to throw this in there. I got, I, got to, I got to throw this in there. It's really, I, I was told if I left this off, I'd stayed on time. But you're the third service. I can say what I want. Amen. Yeah. For all you parents who's had a kid that screwed up, which would basically include all of us, some worse than others. But some of us get bugged out because they wig out on us. As I was studying this, God showed me something that just, just blessed my soul. Out of all of the covenants and responsibilities that Samson had, that he had to keep, all the thou shalt nots, don't mess with the vine, don't mess with no dead body, don't let nobody cut your hair. As I was reading through that, he messed with the vine, he touched a dead body, and he let a woman cut his hair. In other words, he messed up everything he was supposed to keep. Messed all of it up. But he still made it. He still made it to the hall of faith. Now watch this. This is even better. All throughout his life, he was able to conquer the enemy in certain ways and destroy a bunch of soldiers. Then he messed up. Y'all know what happened. Delilah cut his hair off. Be careful who you trust. Be careful who you trust. He had a woman problem, but his biggest problem was trusting the wrong people. That's a whole other message. But he cuts his hair, he loses his strength, he loses his anointing, he loses the touch of God on his life. They poke his eyes out, and here he is in a coliseum, chained to pillars. And they're mocking him and making fun of him. Now, in the Baptist realm, they would have just, they'd have done away with him, said he's worthless, he's, he done messed up, he done lost his touch, he done lost his anointing, he's over with. And most Christians would have looked, here he is. And I got to reading a little closer. And the Bible says in that Colosseum were, and, and if you read it, it said all of the lords of the Philistines. Now, who were the lords? The politicians, the big dogs, the big boys, the highly important people. Guess who's not going to be on the battlefield? Politicians send our boys over there, but they won't go. I'll sign that one too. They didn't, there was no way that Samson would have ever faced and got to the lords on the battlefield. <laughs> but in his failure, you with me? In his failure, God, Samson said, touch me one more time. And he pushed down the columns and killed every single one of them. In other words, the way God turned it around, he was able to accomplish more through his failure than he ever did through his life of success. 
Now, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not advocating failure. I'm just saying don't think God's through with you if you've messed up. Don't think God's through with you if you have failed. Don't think God's through with your children because they messed up. They can still make it. God can turn it around. Give him praise and glory right there. Amen. That right there will preach. Amen. God can turn it around. The question is, parents, ladies and gentlemen, say, I don't even have kids, but what example are you being to the unbeliever? We all need to be a good example. We all need to trust Jesus. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we're here to, we're here to honor you. We're here to believe in you. God, we're here to get help because I want to be a better daddy. Lord, the, 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 the people in here want to be better parents. And God, I pray that you'll help us to do what we've heard today and practice what we've preached. God, I pray for those that's coming. And I want to do this. I want How many parents will come and just find a place in this altar and let's pray for each other. Let's pray for our children. Let's pray for our grandchildren. Let's pray for our children that's going to be raising our grandchildren. And just ask God to help us. I need, I need help in a lot of areas that I talked about today. I need God to touch me in a lot of these areas. And I want you to come. Let's just, let's just pray for each other. Let's ask God to anoint us. Let's ask God to help us be better parents. Let's ask God to help us be better examples. Let's ask God to help us be the Christian in front of our children that they need to see. That's it. Come on. Just find a place in the aisle, in the, in the altar, wherever you can find a place. Just kneel where you're at. We're going to pray for each other. Father, I'm asking you right now in Jesus' name that you will touch every parent in this, in this place. Whether they're at the altar or in the pew, it doesn't really matter. God, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll touch them. Touch them with your anointing. Touch them with your blessing. Touch them with your goodness. Touch them with every area of their life. I pray that you'll just help them to be a better parent. Help them to be a better example. Help them to live the life in front of their kids that they want their kids to have. God, if we want them to be forgiven, we need to be forgiven. If we want them to be merciful, we need to be merciful. If we want them to be kind, we need to be kind. If we want them to be loving, we need to be loving. God, I pray that your will be done. I pray that you'll move in an awesome way. Lord, do for us what we can't do for ourselves. I pray your will be done. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 You take all the time you need to pray. Everybody else, you stand to your feet. Everybody stand to your feet. We're going to sing a verse of invitation. If you need to come, come. If you need to come, come. If you need to be saved, we've got people at this altar. Be glad to take a Bible and show you how to be saved. If you need to join up, we'll be glad to help you. Won't you come? Won't you come? Yes, Lord.